You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. This is The Green Desk on 95BFM. That's right, this is The Green Desk and it's a little bit different this week. Bronnie's doing a different piece and uh, this isn't, I suppose, a normal Green Desk piece but it does kind of fit. Last week, Oscar Perez was able to talk to Samuel Miller MacDonald, a journalist, writer and student currently based in the UK for his studies at Oxford. Though talking for over an hour, their discussion around COVID-19 can be understood as a discussion on a need for systems change. Miller MacDonald's studies are focused in climate and energy politics, so a large section of their discussion was around conceptualising a response to the climate crisis from how our world has reacted and responded to COVID-19. Oscar started by asking Miller MacDonald for his initial reaction to the global response to COVID-19 and what we need to take from it to start a response to the climate crisis. I think what's been maybe most frightening about it is just how quickly everything has gone down, how everything has changed in such a short amount of time. And anticipating some of the the ripple effects of that, I think there are a lot of impacts of this that we're not going to see for a while and don't know how to anticipate. And I think the the lack of coordination in both anticipating this and and trying to anticipate the forthcoming impacts of it is, is frightening for me. And it's kind of maybe the closest to failing a test for future climate or, or environmental disasters that are almost certainly going to come. And it seems like this response shows that we're very far behind where we need to be in dealing with these kinds of, of impacts. You know, there's, it seems like there's a real fragility to the supply chains that provide everything that we need to survive. And, and there's a fragility to the, to the governments and, and to the, the order of, of things and, yeah, I guess it's it's something that worries me, but it does show that you can have global coordination happen. You can have it have it happen fast. You know, there there has been, even though the anticipation was was poor, and even though you had all of these sort of national governments looking out for their own interests, uh, I think there has at least been some response to this that has happened fairly quickly. And um, I think, you know, the the climate emergencies that are coming are all going to happen quickly as well. You know, the the climate change as a whole as a phenomenon is a kind of slow, long-term, you know, centuries-long process, but all of the constituent emergencies within it are are very fast. You know, they hit with a, a very fast intensity, whether it's hurricanes or wildfires or refugee crises or whatever. I don't know. I say that this is a kind of failed test, but I think there are also tests within this that are indicating that we can move very quickly. We can move infrastructure. We can move resources when we need to. Things can be deployed very quickly. And and of course, we already knew that. We've seen, you know, war mobilizations in the past, and um, we know that's possible. I think maybe one of the lessons of this crisis is how do we replicate this urgency with a problem like ecological collapse or climate change that always feels either geographically distant, something that's happening somewhere else, or or temporarily, temporarily different, distant, something that's happening in the future or is happening to you know generations away from now. And I think that's something that that we can certainly learn from, but is also a challenge of of the the climate crisis is is being able to summon that kind of urgency that that this has been able to to create
Oscar continued by asking what it is that has eventually unified coordination around COVID-19 and how we can replicate this X factor in mobilizing for the climate crisis. There's something very visceral about a disease, right? It's it's something that you it, you just feel very in, instinctively is is bad. It's under your skin, literally, and that's something that I think is easier to feel urgency about. You know, it's, it's easier to to take you know drastic measures to to prevent or address. Um, I think it's also more more uniform. You know, it's it's one thing. It causes the same symptoms in people, no matter what country they're in. Clearly, one phenomenon. Whereas I think something like climate change or eco- ecological collapse, it's many different kinds of phenomena. It's things that look very different from one another that are often very locally specific. But I think it's it's harder to conceptualize all of these as one phenomenon that impacts everybody. You know, I, I think there's been a real sense with COVID-19 that there's there's no escape. You know, all trapped here with this with this illness and there's there's no place you can go to escape it. I don't think that's true of climate. I think a lot of people believe that they can't escape it. You know, they can go to their bunker or they can go to an island or they can get out of the tornado alley or get out of the, you know, wildfire zone or whatever. They can always escape one of these disasters. And I think there's there's a lot of, you know, communications work and psychological work to try to really reinforce this idea that that climate and ecological collapse are really it's it's one phenomenon. There's no escape from it. You know, it's the same. We're all trapped in here and and this is impacting all of us and it's going to impact all of us in in different ways. But it's the same thing. And and if we don't meet that phenomenon with the urgency and intensity that that we're meeting a a virus, then we're going to suffer from that. And and I think part of that that work of making this seem like one issue is part of it, at least revealing the source of it. And and the source of it is this. A particular kind of economy based on fossil fuels, and you know you can't you can't fight climate change, but you can fight fossil fuel companies, and you can fight the governments that prop them up. And part of something that's happening in the U.S. right now is is Trump is trying to bail out the oil industry, and the Keystone Pipeline Company is trying to get the pipeline built. It had it had been the construction had been shut down for for years since since Obama's administration, but they're they're trying to get that started back up in the in the chaos of all of this. So um, I think part of this project is is saying climate change is one thing. It's one phenomenon. It's like this virus. It happens everywhere. It affects everybody on every continent all the time. But I think instead of instead of looking at it as this sort of just naturalistic force, saying instead, no, there are actual there are individuals and there are companies and there are governments that are that are making this happen. And and that's the root of this. And that's what binds all of this together and we're only going to solve it when we go after them. I think it's something that has to happen at every level. You have to have the grassroots in place, you know, you have to have these big coalitions of people who are willing to go out in the streets, go out and organize their works, uh, their their workplaces. You have to have it also in the in the White House, in the Congress, in the in the heads of state that are currently, you know, colluding to maintain this this uh, this fossil fuel economy. And um, I think it doesn't happen unless you have all of those levels accounted for, basically. And it's hard and it's a rare thing when you have those aligned, when you have very powerful political coalition and a very uh, strong, large grassroots movement that are aligned and are able to work together to, to do something like this. But, you know, it's it is the biggest we're, we're talking about the, the biggest engineering feat, the biggest administrative feat, changing the entire global system of energy production distribution 
of construction, of transportation, all of our supply chains, you know, these, these are all things that are very deeply dependent on fossil fuels and they have to not be very rapidly, you know, in, in, in a span of years. And that's just something that you can't do it with just the right candidates or, or just the right prime minister or, or just the right movement leader, you know, that doesn't, it, there's not one idea or one platform or one policy, not even just the Green New Deal, that's going to be able to, to achieve this kind of a thing. It's, it's such a big monumental thing that I think there's not an easy answer to the, to the what do we do next or what do you do as an individual or what do you do collectively. It's, it's just it's something that needs to be happening in every workplace and, and every institution and in global finance and in governments and in giant corporations, you know, and within the fossil fuel industry itself. You know, you have to have something within that that's helping to, to dismantle it from inside. And, and I think that's having all of these things operating together is kind of the only thing that's going to get us closer to that goal. Um, I think, I, at least, you know, that's that's how I'm looking at this. Um, I think there's a there's an idea that if we just get solar panels down to the right market price, then that will solve everything. You know, that'll just automatically decarbonize everything. And I think that's that's been clear that that's not the case. That a lot of the new renewable energy production has just augmented. You know, the the existing fossil fuel base has just added demand. It hasn't it, it hasn't really done a whole lot to be reducing emissions but then you also you do also have to have that you know you have to have these these replacements these these inexpensive and, and accessible replacements ready to deploy and and to to somehow manufacture without fossil fuels and transport without fossil fuels and and I think the answer to this is yes everything yes just do it do whatever whatever you can all the time and don't stop and don't don't get demoralized and don't quit and just just keep working on it. Oscar and Samuel also discuss the effect that national emergencies have on our everyday structures and politics place in creating our reactions to COVID-19. You can find the rest of the series written by Oscar Perez online by Bcast, excuse me, or on air throughout the next two weeks. And we just had a caller, thank you caller, uh, drawing attention to, yeah, the sort of needed paradigm shift that we could be taking from this, I suppose, and how we want to go back into the world when we come out of the Rahui period. Back after the break. That was the Green Desk on 95BFM. Tihei Modi Order. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.